So this is a workshop Sunday. We're finished with our Holy Spirit series, but we're going to do this in a little bit of a different way. We're just kind of testing the water, seeing how things work. You good? Are you good? Smile at me. That's fake. Anyway, so we're going to have Pepper, John, and Lisa come up, and they just have some questions that they have, that we've, we've compiled, that they're going to talk about. This is just going to be an open discussion, okay? So lots of grace, because this is new. Is everybody nodding with me? Yes, this is the power of suggestions. <laughs> we're going to extend a lot of grace to see how this works out. Um, we think that with, with our online audience, this might be helpful to have something that's a little more organized than what we have typically done for workshop Sundays. So, Lisa, John, Pepper, will you guys come on up? You can give them a hand. Maybe better than you gave me. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody today? Good. So, you know that whole grace thing? Hands out. Right at, right at us up three, us three up here. Hey, Jesus, grace. All right. So, everybody pay attention the last one, two, three, four, five weeks. No? Okay. It's grace for you too. <laughs> All right. So, Lisa, you want to start us off here? Grace, Grace. <laughs> okay. Um, can we just start, can you start us off by question one? Sure. All right. Okay. So, how have you experienced the anointing breaking bonds? Is one of our questions. Okay. So, this was actually ever really, I'm really excited about this question because I have an answer for it. Some of these I'm like, I don't know, really. But this one I really do. Um, so, the first week, uh, we did this, Angie had us do an exercise where we had to get up and go in groups and just put our hands on one another, for those of you here, I don't know if you remember that, and just to release the anointing. Like, we were just supposed to not even really pray, we just, just release the anointing. And I was over there, and honestly, that morning, I was not really in a good place. I was dealing with so much anxiety. I had, like... I was on the verge of a panic attack, actually. I just said, all this anxiety stirring. And when she said to do this, I did not want to do it. I did not. I was like, I can't release any. I have nothing in me right now. Good. Like, you know, that, you know, you just that negative self-talk. It's just not good. Anyways, so I got up and I was begrudgingly going to do this exercise. And, and then I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. I just decided I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go and do it. So I'm with Christy and Mike, and I have so much anxiety, and I, I'm i just sitting there, and I just start trying to visualize peace coming and filling. And it was so cool because after we kind of discussed it, and Christy also felt like she could feel peace swirling up in the center, and it was such a cool thing. And also Mike's shoulder got healed. And so there was two things that were really cool. First, I could really feel the anointing flowing through me. I could just feel it. And then also the fact that, that I was not in a good place. I wasn't all like, oh, I 
spent my morning with the Lord and I was all like, oh, yay, I'm just so excited to go, go do this and release the power that I just feel building. No, that was not my place. I was just like, oh, gosh, I have nothing good within me. Oh, what was me? That was my attitude. So it was so cool because guess what? God still flowed through me. The anointing still flowed through me because I was like, okay, I'm going to say yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in and do this exercise, even though I don't feel like I have anything to give. And it just, it just flowed through. It was just a very, very cool thing. And the, the, the anxiety went away and there was healing. So that's an example of the anointing coming through and breaking the bonds. And there was nothing... Nothing I did, not, there was nothing, Just it was just the anointing flowing through. So, yeah, um, that's what I have for that one. Okay. So, sorry, I'm going to figure out how to say this without, like, being offensive. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, no, I don't. I'm, I don't have tears right now. Um, so, have you guys ever made a plan and whatever can happen can happen to keep you from getting to that plan? Okay, that was my morning this morning. Okay, I don't need an alarm to get up. I'm up at 6.30, easy, every morning without an alarm. Um, what time do you wake me up? 10 till 8? Okay, oops, overslept first time in like forever. Okay, then taking care of dad took, you know, we I told mom, we've got to be out of here at 9. It was 9.20 by the time we got done. And we started on time. Uh, my truck had a flat tire, aired that up, got here. Walked in the door playing drums, didn't know I was doing that. That's fine. I actually like doing that. So, <laughs> you know, and Angie came back there and she goes, you doing okay? I said, really annoyed. <laughs> but I feel like I'm, uh, it's a good lesson for Holy Spirit to just flow through with me doing this right, how, right now in an annoyed moment. I'm not real annoyed right now, but uh, I was really annoyed walking in here today. I'm usually pretty happy when I walk in here, but I was really annoyed. And he's uh, working through me. It's not like I have to put on a show for you guys. We're all pretty close. We're all good friends. But for my own self, I need to learn how to deal with this kind of stuff and just go with the flow because, you know, we're up here talking about Holy Spirit who does everything in us and through us. And so he could care less if I was late or not or I was annoyed or not. He just wants me to enjoy my life with him. And so enjoy life with him. I don't know if that answered the question, but yeah, it did. Okay. Let's see. This will sound a little bit strange to you probably, but because it was strange to me, but how Holy Spirit broke some bonds in my life was I went through a season of tears. And I mean, it wasn't depression. It wasn't really joy. It was just <laughs> tears, you know. And I do cry, but I'm not an overly emotional person that cries at everything. But I mean, it just, 
I couldn't be in the presence of the Lord but a second, and I was just a sobby mess of tears. And, you know, church would be going on, and they'd be worshiping and dancing. I'd be laying in between the benches just using up all the Kleenex boxes. And, (laughs) I mean, it got so bad that a friend of mine that we used to go to the services together, she'd always carry a rag. And so she just started carrying this rag because I'd use up the whole box of Kleenexes, then she, I snot up the rag, you know, <laughs> and it's just, I don't know what God was doing. I know he was breaking bonds. I know he was doing things. I don't know, you know, if I had any demons, they drowned because I, that's all I did was just cry, 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 cry. And I couldn't stop, you know, and even to this day, you know, sometimes she'll, we'll be in worship service and she'll and I'll start to tear up a little bit and she'll pull that rag out and we just both crack up, <laughs> you know, because I just had this long season where when I felt Holy Spirit, I just, I was just a sobby, sobby, weeping mess. And so um, I know that he broke a lot of bonds. I can't tell you what they all were, but that that was one way I found peculiar that Holy Spirit worked with me. Um, so I've kind of been mulling over whether or not I was going to go there. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go there. So, um, Friday, uh, Angie sent, they sent this to us, ask us if we'd be willing to do this. And, um, and I instantly got up my, I got a picture in my head. I'm really nervous right now, just to let you know, I'm just feeling a little flittery but um so I had a picture of me up here doing this and saying what I'm about to say so um it this thing have you ever experienced the anointing breaking bonds this actually happened to me last Sunday while in church here um you guys were worshiping the worship team was up there and Cody was um just it was in one of the moments of uh, spontaneous worship. And Cody was just, um, you know, just kind of sing spontaneously just, and the anointing was flowing through you. I was over there and I could feel Holy Spirit through your voice coming and breaking something in me. So that's just an example of the anointing breaking bonds. You probably didn't, you didn't know that you were just up there. You might, I don't even know where you're at with your pursuit of, but you have the power in your voice, through your voice to break bonds, to bring freedom. And it's powerful. It is so powerful. So I just wanted to let you know that, that you have healing in your lungs and in your voice. So that's, so that's, that's a, that's an example of Holy Spirit coming through and breaking the bond. So, okay. All right. Next question. How, in what ways have you felt Holy Spirit brooding in your life? See, I don't know how to answer this question because I'm not sure what brooding means. So if anybody wants to throw that out there. Huh? Well, I just looked it up. 
Yes. Yeah, it says showing deep unhappiness of thought. I'm like, I don't think that's what we're going for. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that's easy. Um, he He's brooding over our my family's life all the time. He's always hovering over us. And he's he oh my gosh he does stuff when we're not even ready for it he 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 completes you know when he said it's finished Jesus said it's finished on the cross Holy Spirit does that without us even knowing it and, and with circumstances in our lives like what we're going through he just he's hovering there and all of a sudden he says it's finished and it's over with you know and we've been through pretty decent what five years how long Zane had diabetes since he was nine how old are you so seven years eight years yeah i have six kids i can't remember all of that <laughs> i'm just happy to remember my anniversary okay <laughs> i've only forgot it once in 26 years so um yeah, that was bad don't do that fellas you'll need the holy spirit brooding over you <laughs> We have, I mean, we had uh, such a hard season in our lives with, you know, with Zane getting sick and then uh, just stuff. Being Angie has such a gift to be a pastor, and because she doesn't have the right plumbing, you know, people just trash her all the time, you know. And we went through a season where we had to fight through that, and then, you know, guess what? She's a pastor now. It's not finished. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit says it's not finished, but he was over that whole situation. And we went through a season where we got to learn what it's going to take to be shepherds, you know, and Holy Spirit was there the whole time. I mean, because we could live in complete offense with what happened to her in, in certain situations and Vince, you know, but Holy Spirit was there and he just said, guys, I got this. Okay? And those people that you're offended with, I love them too. So there's no point in living in that offense. But he's always just been there. You know? And, you know, we've, we're going through a season now where uh, Zane actually understands what's going on with him now. And so he's more, it's more important to him to stay alive, which we appreciate. <laughs> you know? My wife is a pastor of a beautiful place here. It's not finished, but, you know, he's coming through step by step. You know, we went through a season where they kept telling us our, you know, dad was going to die. Guess what? He's being healed right now as we speak. His Holy Spirit's hovering and he's brooding, however you want to say that, over that whole situation, you know, and his wound that was fatal is not fatal no more, you know, and that's Holy Spirit, Okay. Because the doctor says there's nothing man can do about this. Well, that's fine. I don't need man to do this. I need Holy Spirit to step in and brood over this. <laughs> okay? And so he's there. He's finishing the work he started in all of us. So let him finish it. All right? And then we get to go to the next thing. Well, as far as brooding... 
I like saying that word, brooding. <laughs> as far as Holy Spirit brooding, I feel him brooding over my life right now and brooding over his promises. You know, it's, it's, um, it's difficult to put into words, but I'm sure he's always brooding, but right now it feels like he's really brooding. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a deep calls to deep kind of brooding. And it's like, um, right now, even when I sleep, I understand that so much better in Songs of Solomon, your book. Uh, I'm, I'm asleep, but my heart's awake. I mean, I've been feeling that just, I'm asleep, but my heart's awake. And, and just the, they're not just whispers. They're like deep whispers reminding me, I promised you this. I prompted, I promised you this. I promised you this. Take it, take it. And I was thinking about when the very first time I stepped foot in unedited life, Vince was talking about an invitation. And God brought that back to my thoughts last night. I'm giving you an invitation. Just take it. All you have to do is just take it. Just take it. Just take it. And he's just kind of brooding over my life by saying, you know how the scripture talks about he watches over his word to perform it. I feel that. He's watching over that word. He's watching over the doubts that try to come in my mind. He's watching over the words that people say. He's watching just over anything that could compromise his word, even things that I could do to sabotage my destiny. It's like he's really brooding over my destiny right now, and I've never experienced that before. But that's, at present, that's how I feel like Holy Spirit is really, really brooding in my life. I think for me, um, it's like, I can feel it in like transformation. Like I just feel I'm like in the season of, um, kind of like believing what I like, actually believing what I say, I believe <laughs> like, you know, like having it more like, not just be like, Oh yeah, I believe that. Like actually seeing that belief turning into actions and fruit in my life. Um, and so it's just like in the way of transformation, it's like grace. Like I feel like he's brooding over me in the area of like, what does it actually look like to to live this like grace gospel message out? And it's brooding over like just well, it I kind of feel like it goes into one of the other questions. Um, but yeah, I just feel like him hovering over like what mainly like what I believe about myself, my beliefs about myself and just being like, okay, why? Like who told you that? Like at it, like even the garden, like who told you, who told you you were naked? You know, like who, like, and just really, yeah, brooding over my beliefs and um, yeah, just making sure they're in alignment with him. So that's what I would say. In what ways have you felt the protection of the Kingsman Redeemer? I actually feel that right now in the transformation of my mind. Um, Shame has been a huge, a huge stumbling block. I feel like every time I 
you know, if I'm, it just comes in like any, anything I do, it's just like shame. It's just constantly there to like knock me back. Um, and so I just feel that like anytime, you know, it's like conviction would come in or like God would want to be at least convicting, talking about something in my life. And then I have that shame narrative and shame, shame is like who you are. Like you are bad. It's not your behavior is bad. Shame, it, it, it attacks your identity. And so I just really feel that in this area, um, just that he is, um, just constantly being like, no, this is, I just, I'm shutting that off of you. It's not about that. My, anything I'm doing is keeping me at, away from God because God is in me. He can't get any closer than being inside of me. So that's not, it's not about that. It's just about stripping away those, um, old belief systems. So I really feel like that's the, the way I can feel, um, his protection just over. It's constantly just like, I'm loved. I'm loved. So, yeah. So, have you ever looked back on things that have happened that you thought were bad and realized that, you know, you know, God didn't make the bad happen, but he took that bad and he conquered that bad, and he made it good. Okay, so just a little bit, a lot of people, you know, me and Angie's story over since I got in my wreck. Um, probably shouldn't have made it out of that. Okay, my, my truck actually did a front flip and then side flips. So, and all I got was a little owie on my arm. All right, and I was one out of five that week that it flipped on that road and I was the only one that didn't die. And so it sucked. Don't get me wrong. It hurt. Okay. I was in a lot of pain, like by, you know, when you get, luckily I don't remember anything, but when you get bounced around in your truck, when you're doing cartwheels and stuff, trying to be in gymnastics, you know, in your truck, you can get beat up a little bit. <laughs> Still too soon for Angie. No jokes. But, uh, I was thinking about this the other day of the circumstances of everything that's happened since then, because, you know, I can't do drywall anymore. That's what I've done for 20 something years, 25 years. And, but I, I kept being told you need to stop and rest. You're not supposed to be doing this anymore. And man, I am stubborn as all get out. I worked really hard at drywall. I hated it, but I worked really hard at it because I like to be the best at what I'm doing. Okay. And I hadn't become the best yet because Angie's dad's the best drywall I've ever been around. And I was going to be better than him. <laughs> okay. And, but God used this circumstance of my wreck to make me slow down that, and that part. All right. And I believe it was because he knew that we were supposed to move in with my parents because of what my dad was about to go through. Um, they needed me. They needed Angie there, you know, Angie might not do stuff with my dad, but what she does for my mom, holy cow, can't even explain what that does spiritually and emotionally for her. All right. Jeff needed a break as well because he's having to go there every, every time there was an issue, it was Jeff, 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 Jeff. All right. 
So God used this situation, didn't cause my wreck, used this situation because of the plans he has. I was being stubborn. Here's, here's where I'm going to come in, Holy, Holy Spirit says to me, says I. <laughs> and I'm going to take this situation and I'm going to redirect your course where it was supposed to be. You know, not where you thought, but where it was supposed to be. And we love, and this kind of answers the next question too. Um, he m removes the good seeds, you know. He, he takes these situations. It could have been, there could have been a lot of bitterness. I'm not kidding you. There could have been a lot of bitterness because when you strive for something for so long and it's taken away from you in an instant, that can be bitterness. Or you can say, huh, thank you for not letting me die there. <laughs> you know, redirecting my course and put me back on that path that we were supposed to be on. And guys, stuff is looking so good for us right now it just really is i won't go into all those details but it is it's looking way better i mean we were in the depths of despair for a while there and now it's getting a lot better and that's good you know we let you know jesus take and, and redeem us out of our crap if i can say that i have stronger words for it but we'll just go with crap okay and and take us and and wipe that crap away <laughs> and put us right back where we're supposed to be, you know? And my long haul, my life's goal is not to, you know, I don't mind living at my parents' house, but my life's goal is not to live there until my dad dies. My life goal is to live there until Jesus heals me. Okay. That's why I'm there. I'm just a stopgap until that healing happens. That me and Angie and my family. Okay. I'm going to get emotional there, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Protection of the Kinsman Redeemer. I've been sensing this on a couple fronts right now. And one is in God's natural provision. He's been teaching me how to live in his kingdom economy. And I, I had talked about this before. Um, with Angie, but it's like I was trying to budget and, and live within my means. And God said, I don't want you to live within your means. I want you to live within my means. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because your mind is like, well, how? And he won't, he won't even let me say that because the first thing that wants to come out of my mouth, I can't afford. And he says, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. And I, and I constantly want to say, I can't afford. No, don't say that. So right now I'm not permitted to say that, you know, that I can't afford it. So, um, and he's just been coming through in just small ways that are big ways for me, you know, discounts, just people being just, you know, it would take me a long time to explain. <laughs> all the ways he's been a natural kinsman redeemer. And spiritually, it's kind of that same way right now. It's like that principle of the king is in the field. And like Boaz, he's just been letting me glean from his divine wisdom and logic. And it's like, 
you know, he's answering my questions and he's giving me permission. He's just, he's downloading me. He's just, you know, I can picture Ruth just and Boaz saying, go ahead, take all you want. <laughs> I feel like spiritually he's letting me glean from him right now. And it's just, it's surprising. It's fun. It's, it, it, it's, it's like a big drink of water. So that that's how he's been my kinsman redeemer right now. Um, okay, Jesus comes with a winnowing fork to remove what's good from the seed for growth. How have you experienced that? Um, so I've been just kind of in this season of, um, well, I feel like for a really long time, I kind of like avoided, avoided dealing with pain, avoiding dealing with, um, grief, all kinds of, all kinds of things. Just, um, just kind of how I grew up, just didn't, didn't really do anything, avoided things. Um, and I just have felt, you know, God's hand is just really pulling me towards intimacy and, and realizing that like, you know, if I'm in a place, my, my mom, I'm, you must, mostly all of you know, my mom passed away in October. Um, and so it's like, if I'm in a place where I'm feeling, you know, just creeps coming on and I, you know, put on Netflix to kind of like numb out or, um, or other things, um, you know, my, my favorite, uh, beer is blue moon. I love blue moon. Um, and, and so basically, and it's not, I'm not saying there's just things that I know that I'm have used as a way to avoid, um, basically knowing that intimacy with God is the answer to everything. And, and I, but it's all sometimes when I'm crying and I'm a mess in the floor, like I just want it to stop. I don't, I don't want to press further into the pain. Um, and it's because I have a wrong picture of what pain is and what God can do in that. And I just look at pain and grief, bad, 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 avoid, avoid. And um, so I've just been in this season of not, of wanting to not do that, just wanting um, to, just the Lord to be the answer to everything. And, and how, I don't know if you've ever all tried to stop doing something that when you stop, try to stop doing something, then it becomes a whole heck of a lot harder. <laughs> like it wasn't even hard to not do before, but now you try to stop doing it. And now it's really a lot harder. Um, but so I basically, I was just like, God, I just help me with this. I just, I don't want to just help me with all of these things. And, um, I was having a bad day at a bad day at work one day. And I was just like, you know what? One of my friends asked me if I wanted to go play pool. So I was like, sure. Went and played pool ordered a beer, ordered a blue moon with an orange slice, my favorite beer, got it, went to take a sip of it. It tasted disgusting. It, it, I, I'm telling you this, this might seem crazy. I'm telling you it was a supernatural spiritual thing. I, for this, my blue moon to taste bad, it was God. So, um, that's basically <laughs> just the way I really feel like how he's separating good. It, it's not like there's anything wrong with doing this thing. Entertainment, like, um, Jesus's first miracle is turning water into wine. I'm not saying these things are bad, but I'm just saying like God is something better for me and he wants. And so that's where I kind of just have, have seen him actually like, it's a live example of him coming in 
and 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 doing that for me. So yeah. Wow. I have to keep turning this off because my hands move a lot. Um, I was thinking about when Pepper was just talking about, you know, how, how are we going to make this? How are we going to do this? And I think some of me and Angie's favorite words right now are, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we know, but, you know, how are we going to do this? I don't know. Because the Holy Spirit's got it. All right. And he's, he's taken the seed, however you want to put it, of, of doubt and he's removed it. I sleep way better at night with that seed gone. You know, I mean, I do. I can. St I could used to stay up all night trying to figure out how I was going to accomplish what I need to accomplish to get us out of this situation that I created. It's not my problem. Okay, so how am I going to get out of it? I don't know. Because I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do it, and he doesn't have to explain to me how he's going to do it. He's just going to do it. And then they're going to go, how'd you get out of that? And I could say, I don't know. Or I can say, oh, Holy Spirit. He did. You know, so there's a trust factor, guys, that you need to accept. Okay. How are you going to do it? I don't know. I don't care either. I just know Holy Spirit's going to do it for you. So just accept it and deal with it. Okay. Quit trying to be your own boss all the time. I think for me on this one about the winnowing fork and how he removes the good seed, for me it's been him teaching me that press, that press in, you know. And he does it so gently and he does it like a father. And he's not disapproving of the good. You know, he's like, that's good, daughter, that's good. But let's go a little farther. Let's go a little farther. Because if you come a little farther, I can give you my best. We can go from my good will to my perfect will. And so that's, that's one way he has done that for me. And now, because I've had to believe God for a lot of infirmities that looked impossible, it's like to be like I am now, I know is a miracle. And that feels really good. And there was almost like that settling in that was coming over me. And it's like, Holy Spirit was like, it's good. You're doing good. But you press for the full healing. You press for the whole pie. And it was funny because I had a dream a uh, night or two ago. And in the dream, I was I was on a diet. And so... Somebody was serving me food, and we were going to have spaghetti and apple pie. And I really, really wanted that apple pie. So I didn't eat all day. You know how you do that? I'm not going to eat all day long. <laughs> so I didn't eat all day long. And I ate the spaghetti. But then I realized I was just going to get a little piece of pie. because I. And then I was thinking in a dream, I wish I hadn't ate that spaghetti because I could have had more pie. <laughs> So when I woke up, I was like, that's a weird dream, God. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I had to research to find out what spaghetti symbolizes. Well, it symbolizes kind of your thinking and how things get all tangled up and twisted up. And so he was basically telling me, let go of that doubtful, twisted up thinking. You shouldn't have ate that spaghetti because if you, if you wouldn't have ate the spaghetti, you could have had the whole pie. <laughs> Dream big, daughter. You want the whole pie. So God's, God's brought me the good, but he wants to bring me the perfect. So he's pushing me and, you know, he kind of pursues me real. You know how, like, when you're walking around the track and it's like, come on, come on. He just got about another few yards. That's what he does to me. And he almost sometimes makes me think I'm done. It's like he has to make me think I'm done. And I say, well, do two more. But God, I thought this was it. <laughs> so that's how he's separating the good to give me the better. Um, I have something I want to add to that. Um, I was thinking about this too. So what I felt like the good in God, like good is something I can wrap my mind around. Good is something like, oh, yeah, the God is the stuff that seems completely insane, completely out there, completely unattainable. That's the difference. Like, that's what I'm like, oh, wait. And and that's really what it is. It's like those crazy things that seem impossible. Those are the things that we should be like more pressing into. And the things that are like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's good. Those actually probably should be the things that were like, wait there's more. So I, I, yeah, I just wanted to add that. What holds you back from a life of all things in common? Mm, fear, <laughs> selfishness. Me. Um, I could go on and on. Um, yeah, that's, those are pretty much, I mean, if we really knew that we all had something to offer, if we really believed that, like just us showing up, I mean, just like, you know, Cody showing up last week and just getting up there and he just opened his mouth like there was not. I mean, that's all he showed up and opened his mouth and anointing came through and 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 broke something in me and healed something in me. So I think, you know, if we all if we all took that a little more seriously, like, you know, when I show up, this shows up with me. If we were to actually like do that more, I think. You know, but so I think for me, that's it's it's self-worth. It's all those things that come in fear and and yeah, selfishness that keeps me from from stepping all in. Because if I really believed that I am powerful, if I really believe that, you know, oh, I'm people should want to be around me. I'm fun. I bring peace. I bring healing. Like if I actually believe that, I would probably step into a relationship more and then also coming against all those lies. I'm tired. I don't have time. Like all the excuses. I think that's a big part of what keeps us from going all in is excuses. And those are, yeah, we just need to, those need to die because they're unholy. Okay. I second that motion. (laughs) Everything she said. Have to deal with. I second that motion, but I will say this: there are things that draw me into coming into that place where all things are in common. And I was looking at something online. I don't remember what it was, but some a person commented. But it was it was about trust and friendships. And a person commented, "I have three friends: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." I thought. That's insane. That's ludicrous, you know, because we need each other, you know. 
And I thought, this is kind of comical, but it's really the way I thought. I thought, there are just, I love you, God, but there are just some conversations I can't have with you. I need flesh and bone. <laughs> and I'll give you an example why, you know. John comes home and he says, you're not going to believe what happened to me today, honey. Your car broke down. You had to take a taxi to work. It's going to cost $2,000. You're going to have to get a loan to pay it. Yeah. Okay, what's for supper? <laughs> God already knows. <laughs> so if you want to gripe, you can't gripe to God. So you've got to have flesh and bone. <laughs> you know, think about it. When's the last time you came to God and said, <laughs> God, you're not going to believe what happened today. <laughs> you don't start conversations with God like that. <laughs> you just start out griping because you know he already knows. <laughs> and he's not going to tolerate the griping too long. <laughs> and he sure ain't going to tolerate a pity party. But And I was just kind of being funny like that. There's nothing you can't really talk to God about. <laughs> but we do need each other. So I think that draws me to wanting to have more in common, you know. The easy one-word answer for this question is me. I hold me back from having everything in common with you. And I was thinking about offense. And, uh, you know, when you get, you ever get offended by somebody and you go, oh, my God, God, why? I don't understand these. What, 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 what? And he's going, oh, my, why are you care? <laughs> I mean, because we can take a small thing, a small offense, and we can add on to it. We can come, our mat, we got great imaginations. Yeah. And our imaginations can say, you know, that was just a little offense, but this is what they really meant. And it, it should have been way bigger offense. So I'm going to go ahead and be offended way bigger than I should be. And I'm going to hold on to this for many years. And I'm going to take those years where I could have stuff in common with people. And I'm going to dwell on this crap. For that long. Anybody ever done that? <laughs> Seriously. Well, Think about it. Long. We take offense that shouldn't be offense. And we use our own imaginations to make that offense way worse than it is. Because in the long scheme of things, like I was offended this year because I coached a basketball team. Me and Angie coached a basketball team for a lot of years together. And it got taken away from us this year. All right. And I can I could dwell on that. I can be mad about that. But what's that going to do? In the long scheme of things, a little homeschool group basketball team in St. George, Kansas. What is that? Me coaching that and being offended with that in that little tiny area of the world going to do for me? What is that offense going to do? I have a whole world to influence. Yes. And I, I got to do I got to influence a bunch of teenagers for a bunch of years. And now it's somebody else's turn. Because I got bigger and better fish to fry than a little basketball team in St. George, Kansas. Okay. And I have to learn to let that offense go. Or I could dwell on it and it could ruin me for a long time. Because I've made we've made a lot of good friends there. And those friends have hurt us. But have they really? You know? Or are we letting what we think is real bad hurt hurt? 
Or is it just like, oh, okay, I guess I was done with this. So if I can encourage you, if you're offended, people online, if you're offended about something, you've got to let it go. Because I need you in my life and I need you need me in yours. Okay? All right. How have you been preparing your table? I was like, I don't want to answer this question. How have I been preparing my table? Um, okay, so um, okay, so actually, what's interesting is I think the way I'm preparing my table is realizing like I have to show up to my own table first. <laughs> so before I can set the table for others, I must, you know, attend my own table with the Lordy. So um, that's basically uh, what <laughs> I, um, yeah, that's, I feel like it's realizing like, you know what? And, and then also trusting like the whole, like um, where it says like, God prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. So it's like, if I've let fear keep me from showing up in my own life and showing up in others, then, you know, of course. So I'm not, I'm just like in isolation. So the first part is being like, all right, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got a couple of recipes. Yeah, I've got a couple of things I can. So it's like letting God, like being at the table with God and just letting him, um, you know, show me, show me what I have, what, what I have to offer, what, what my table looks like, you know, what's the design of the table and, and just letting him, um, you know, do that first. And it's, and then just go from there. So, and just knowing that there's, um, that God has us, like really just trusting, just trusting that, that he has me, that any hurt I do, any hurt that does come my way by being out in the presence of my enemies, anything that does come, um, because, I mean, hurts happen, like hurts, wounds, all things happen when you're actually, you know, doing life with one another. And so it's just, just knowing, just trusting that any anything, it's a promise that God uses everything for good. So it's just knowing like, okay, well, if any any and every wound, if I will allow it, I God, God can, it's another flower in my garden that it's another thing, like in, in the table, the the landscape of that table, all that's around, if I allow all those wounds to turn into a different color of flower or plant or something like that, that it's adding to the beauty of the landscape. If I can look at it as that, then it's a lot easier to show up and invite others. So it's kind of what I feel like he's been unfolding this week for me in that area. That's really good because, you know, I was thinking kind of a little bit along those lines, <clears throat> excuse me, and the principle, you know, treat other people how you would want to be treated, yeah. you know. And how do you want to be treated when you go to somebody's table or when you go to them and you have a problem or you need something? You don't want to deal with people's baggage and their leftovers and their offenses, you know. Really, though, you don't. You need an answer. You need help, you know. And you don't have time to go through the filter of, I don't want somebody to have to go through the filter of my junk. And it's not that I don't have junk. I just try to leave it in that trunk outside the door, you know, before I come in. If I'm going to help somebody or encourage or exhort somebody, 
I can't do it if I'm all laden down with woe is me, you know? And so um, that, that kind of made me think of that. And another way that I feel like um, I've been preparing my table is by letting God challenge me and sharpen me and keep me fresh, you know, because nobody wants to eat yesterday's bread or yesterday's food. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> or yesterday's anything, you know. Who who invites people over for dinner and says, This is spaghetti we had last week and <laughs> yes. So I mean <laughs> we want fresh bread to put before people at our table, you know? God, that's what God gives us. He said, If you ask me for bread, I don't go and get you a stone. I didn't have time to break bread, so here's a stone. <laughs> if you ask me for a fish, you know, I don't give you something else. So if we're following what he does, we have to be ready to give people what they need. And we need to be able to give them our best at our table. And that's what you sparked me to think of. So kind of a, a fun example of all this, of like preparing your table is, I'm having a brain cramp. What's the lady's name that's coming this weekend? Rebecca King. I always have Patricia King stuck in my head. Oh, my so annoying. I'll be saying something to Angie. He's like, who are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, so me and Angie were laying in bed the other day, and we were kind of joking about, you know, uh, you know, our house finally sold, and we still have a Homer Grandman. And we're, like, trying to figure out what to do with it all because we know it's not going to go in this house. And my mom's always like, well, you need downsize. And, and we were laying in bed joking about that the other day, and Angie goes, I can't. I don't think I could downsize anymore. But here's the thing that where our table got prepared for us, basically, is uh, I got Patricia King stuck in my head. She's coming to stay with her two friends at our house. If we would have had all of our crap in that basement, wouldn't happened. That table got prepared for that situation before we even thought about it. You know, so our our week preparing for them to come into this house is going to be fairly easy because we don't have a lot of junk to clean up, you know? And that's just, I think that's also the, the, the love of the father to not put something on our plates that we don't want to deal with, you know? And he just goes, guess what, honey? I got this. You're like, okay, thank you. You know, we're laying it down and giving it to him again, you know? And, you know, like Lisa said, show up to your own table that was prepared for you. Okay. Be a good guest at the dinner table. All right. We can be the we can be the people that invite and stuff all the time, but we've always been invited to Jesus' table. And a lot of times we're crappy guests because we're trying to take over. Just be a good guest. Okay? So know your spot. <laughs> okay. Can I add to that? Yeah, you were saying, because I was thinking yesterday when um, I was you thinking know, about I the. No. <laughs> I probably just went anyway, no. <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking about the invitation, you know, and God 
was just kind of talk to me personally. I'm giving you an invitation. All you have to do is take it, take it. And then that came to my mind about the wedding and how the master invited all these people and they insulted him by not even accepting the invitation. I was like, oh, dear Lord, I don't want to insult you. I accept the invitation, Father. I accept you. I don't want somebody else to be sitting in my place. I accept the invitation. Have you seen you've seen the episode in uh, The Chosen where it was Nicodemus, Jesus had a spot. And this is going to get me. <laughs> so, and they were waiting for him at the well or wherever they were still at the gate. And Nicodemus was around the corner. And Jesus, you know, he decided he left some money because, you know, he knew he wasn't going to go. But Jesus knew he was there. And he said, you almost chose. You almost got it. Okay, I don't ever want to be that guy that I was almost made it to the table. Okay, but I let my, I mean, in Nicodemus's case, it was his status, you know, and his wife's influence. I'm not saying wives, we do the same crap. Uh, he let all the outside influences influence what he knew was for him at his table. And he missed it. And it broke, I mean, I swear that guy that plays Jesus did the perfect acting job of it broke his heart because he had picked this man out all right and i'm not saying that really happened because that's not even in the bible <laughs> you know it was just a good example of your table's been set there's a place there's a steak and some taters on there for you and you can go get it or you can miss it okay best chef in the world prepare something for you go eat it okay <laughs> how have you partnered with holy spirit in cre creativity and then yeah how did you bring that into the oneness of your community how have you partnered with holy spirit in cre creativity i have a fun story for this this has been so fun and i really encourage you guys to do this and if you're not doing this i don't know why you're not doing this because it's really 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 fun i've been doing this at work a lot um which is practicing shifting the atmosphere, the, the energy around, um, especially emotionally. Um, I'm a very intense, feel things very intense <laughs> because I'm emotional. I'm intense emotionally. And <laughs> so, so like I can, I can, and I can fluctuate very rapidly. I can go from woo to rah in the pits very quickly. I'm working on regulating this. I, Jesus is, is I'm becoming a thermostat, Holy Spirit and I are. But anyways, that's what I've been practicing doing. Like I'll be at work and I'll just be like, you know, either very frustrated by a very rude, inconsiderate and patient customer or either by just different things. And I can feel myself get like hot and angry and frustrated. But I'm practicing, I'm being aware. And I'll like go in the back room and I'll be like, okay, 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 Jesus, like, let's do this. And I'll just go back out and just internally, I just picture peace. I just picture it. And it, it is happening. Like 
things are shifting all the time. So that's really how I've been practicing is just shifting the emotional um, energy and atmosphere around me. And it's been happening. I've had people who have said like, Lisa, I can, like, I can tell you're hot. Like you're like a hundred, one girl gave me a specific temperature. She said, you're like 102 degrees. And she's like, but then I'll turn around the next minute and you're just up there dancing and music. And so, yeah, it's really, we really can shift ourselves out if we, you know, take the time to shift our perspective. So, yeah, that's, that's the way um, I've been playing with creativity with Holy Spirit. Yeah. I got a funny story. Um, we, uh, we, we play a lot of cards at our house. My son, my son just moved back from uh, Georgia, and we've been playing a lot of cards at the table. And at one moment during the game, I don't know if Angie started praying or something. And Dylan, yeah, she was blessing her cards, and Dylan looked at her and he goes, "Mom, stop cheating," because <laughs> she was bringing the Holy Spirit into this card game. You know, and it was such a, like, the more I thought about it, it was such a proud moment that she has instilled that in them, that she can bring Holy Spirit into anything, even a card game. And he cares. Wow. You know, even though it's cheating, it is cheating because it seems to work. It's not cheating. But. It's fair cheating. Yeah, it's fair cheating. But if you think about that, every circumstance, why are you not bringing Holy Spirit into it? You know, and it doesn't have to. We, it cracks me up. Like we've been around a lot of religious people, and they think that you just when you you get in the presence of God, you've got to, you know, face down on the ground and humble yourself. That is not a relationship. A relationship is saying. Hey God, you want to help me out with this card game today? Right. <laughs> hey Gat, God, you got an extra twenty bucks for me for gas today? Those are that's intimate relationship right there. You know, yeah. going to bed and going, love you, God, and He yells, "Love you back." That's good. That's a relationship. All right, it's not laying face down on the ground all the time, guys. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a religious thing almost. That we are called, we are not called to to flat out lay on the ground. When I get in front of my dad at our house, I don't walk into the room and get on the ground before him. My dad doesn't expect that from me. All right, when I get before God, I'd rather go up and sit on his lap and get hugged by him than go face down in front of him. I'll probably fall face down in front of God regardless, just because of his presence. But it's not a requirement. He wants my relationship. All right. We're made in his image. Okay. If we're made in his image, his image isn't uh, treating each other like you're better than me or I'm better than you. Never. All right. Now he's God. He's better than us. Okay. But he's not throwing that in our face. All right. My table when I partner with the Holy Spirit, when I partner with somebody to get a job done, it's 50-50. We do it together. All right? 
when we're partnered with the Holy Spirit, we're doing it together. He's not expecting me to go 90%, him 10. It's together. The cards. I'm going to answer your question that's not even on this list. <laughs> and that was the question that you said. Why aren't we letting Holy Spirit in like that in small ways? <laughs> and now I know why I had this because it, it didn't seem to relate to any of the questions we had. But it's because we have all these preconceived ideas. We have our cultural values. We have our religious values. And we have control and we have hidden agendas and we have motives and we have just, you know, innocent ignorance. And so we've been taught, depending on what your culture is and what your religion is, how Holy Spirit encounters us. You know, some churches, Holy Spirit can only encounter you like fire, you know, and I like fire and that's good. <laughs> some places... He's only the dove, and I like the dove, too, because the dove's powerful, you know. doesn't mean that the dove is weak and fragile because he's the dove, but I think we have seen the formality of how we receive Holy Spirit, and we've taken the ordinary out of it, like that pause, because to me, God was showing me, like, the Holy Spirit, when he wants to be the dove, he wants that pause, that selah. You know, because when Jesus was baptized in the Passion, it says he was, he was in a spirit of prayer when the heavenly realm woke open. So it's a really powerful pause. It's not a weak pause. But that's why we don't always encounter Holy Spirit in the ordinary because we have this formality or we have our cultural views or we have this religious thinking that says, this is how we encounter Holy Spirit, or this is how I work up Holy Spirit. And and he even had me thinking about Elijah, you know, and how he has the showdown at Mount Carmel with uh, the false prophets of Jezebel, you know, and it's like, man, fire comes down. You know, we know that's Holy Spirit. Everybody knows that's Holy Spirit when fire comes down. Then he gets scared, you know, he run, he goes to his cave and God comes and says, you know, what are you doing here? Come out of this cave, go to the mountain. And then God passes by him and he passes by him uh, the wind, you know, and the, the wind breaks the rocks. But the scripture says, but God wasn't in the wind. And then he comes like water. Then he comes like fire, but he wasn't in that. But can't you see Elijah saying, God, I got a problem here. You're supposed to show up like fire like you did. <laughs> but God said, no, I'm just going to be in the whisper. And when he tuned his ear finally to the whisper, first he goes back to the cave and God asked him again, what are you doing here? And Elijah's concern is, I'm the only one who can take up the cause now against Baal. And But if he stood still long enough to hear the whisper, God said, I got 7,000. <laughs> if you just chill out, I have 7,000 for you, you know? And so to answer that question, I think that's why we don't encounter Holy Spirit just in the ordinary because whatever our thinking is or whatever we've been taught, it's like we want to train Holy Spirit and he wants to train us, you know? And we don't 
you know, we don't conform Holy Spirit. We conform to the image of the rock because we're made in his image. He's not made in ours. Can I tell a story about you real quick? I know <laughs> we're not that close, but I just want to brag on you for a second. Uh, uh, I can't, the first Sunday you were here, I didn't see you walk in. I don't, I don't know what we were worshiping to. You got really loud. And I jumped up and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> a couple weeks later, where we worshiping and I didn't see you guys come in again and you started going. I didn't even, it didn't even, I just kind of smiled and put my head down. And all I heard Jesus say was, my girl's here. And so he loves the way you worship. So don't ever let anybody change that. So, yes. And I love it too. <laughs> all right, we done? Um, well, I can't even see anymore. I kind of wanted to add something. Okay, well, this part about, um, you know, have partnered with Holy Spirit in creativity, and then the next part, how do you bring that into oneness of your community? So this is just something really fun, which also shows that, like, literally, like, God does really have the answers to everything, the solutions to everything, and he is willing to give them to us if we'll listen. But um, I've been having issues with my laptop, the camera not working. Um, Vince spent like 30 minutes one day on it and he, and he couldn't um, get it to work. And, you know, he's pretty good with technology. So I was sitting here one Sunday, I brought it and I was just like, okay, God, like, Holy Spirit, can you, like, I just need this fixed. I, I'm telling you, I just pushed this one thing because I was supposed to push, thought I was supposed to push it. And then I pushed this other button and now it works. Okay, it works. It's working. It's working fine. So I know that that, so like what I feel like is Holy Spirit always has the solutions. And we, that means we also have the solutions for one another too. And, and so I just love that idea. Like if he's giving us the answers, like he has the answers to one another. We all have the answers to one another's um, problems. And so I just, I just really love that um, picture of like, I know nothing about computers. I did not fix that. That was Holy Spirit-led, push this, push this, okay, it works. Like, so, yeah, I just think that that's um, just, it's so fun. It's so fun if we actually would um, believe, you know, God and and press into the creative solutions that he wants to provide for us and for one another. So, yeah, that's all. Yeah, I just have one more thing. I felt that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and speaking of being fun, you and me, you and Col the three of us, Kalita, Lisa, and myself. Oh, Kalita, Lisa, and myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> All. Sorry, Vince. You know, did the you would, you may think it's silly, but he just shows up in the, he just likes to be honored. If you just honor him, and I showed it to you guys after we put the decorations up, it's like you. We weren't speaking in tongues and we weren't listening to worship music. We were just talking and being silly and doing what we had to do. And then later on, you saw after I took the pictures, there was obviously angelic activity 
And we weren't doing anything trying to stir Holy Spirit up. It was just, we were honoring him and having fun doing it. And we were doing it with a cheerful attitude. And he just showed up, you know. So I agree with you. It, it is. And, and another thing, it's like, don't, don't let the devil talk you out of or bully you out of just those small pauses. It might be in between busting the suds, doing dishes, and you just stop and... I mean, because, like, <laughs> that shows my age. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's like John's gone to work and I got the house all to myself. I'm like Tom Cruise on Risky Business. You know, I'm in my nightgown and me and Holy Spirit dance. Thank God nobody you can see, see me. Slide <laughs> but, you know, that's just a, a holy divine pause, you know. But then here's what the devil says. You didn't spend, you only spent five minutes in prayer. You didn't spend long enough, you know? So he tries to take away those small, intimate moments that over time build up and tip the bowls of heaven. But Holy Spirit wants us to come to him, not with guilt and shame. He, because what, what lose your mate to you is desire. It's not because you made him guilty for not spending any time with you. You know, desire is what woos Holy Spirit. So that was all I had. That's good. Okay, everybody stand up. Because I want to. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Bible says that they had all things in common. They did everything together. Uh, they did everything for each other. And uh, what they also like to give together. So I want to talk to you about tithe and offering real quick. Um, this house is taken care of by Jesus. Okay. And one of the ways Jesus takes care of this house is he, he blesses you guys. All right. And one way he blesses you guys is through finances. And sometimes we can, we have better faith trusting God to heal somebody than to give up 20 bucks for him to bless us. And I don't need your money. I don't. This church really, I mean, we need money to survive, but we don't need your money if it's not something you're giving because. You want to give. Okay? And I want you guys to think really hard about this. If you're saving your last 20 bucks because you don't know how you're going to make it, you're not going to make it that way. You give it up and you give it to God. And I'm not saying you have to give it here. I want you to give it here. I'm not saying that, it, that that's necessary. It's where God lays it on your heart to give it. And don't ignore that. Don't ignore that. That small little voice. Sometimes it's not even still small voice. He's like yelling in your ear so loud you can't even like do anything else. That he wants to bless you. All right. Money is, guys, money is not the root of all evil. That verse has been destroyed interpreted so bad it's the love of money is the root of all evil and if you are 
you trust more in how you're going to spend your last $20 than you trust the way that God wants to spend that last $20. Your love is in the wrong spot. Okay, so I'd like to encourage you to give. All right? I'm not commanding. I'm not telling you where this building is going to get shut down if you don't. But here's what I want. I want you guys to thrive. I love seeing people succeed. And you can ask Angie. I love it to the point where I will go to the back of the line to make sure somebody succeeds. I, I used to put my family in peril to make sure somebody succeeded. I don't know why. Robin knows all about that. <laughs> okay. I will. I will sacrifice everything to see somebody succeed. I enjoy people that much. And it's not even necessary for me to do that. Because it's not my gift to give. It's Holy Spirit's gift to give. It's God's gift to give. All right? And your gift is to give. And do it faithfully. And do it with a joyful heart. Do not want your last dollar if you can't do it with a joyful heart. Keep it in your wallet. Okay? Because the, the, every dollar that goes into this house is going into the kingdom. All right? So, let's collect some money. Lisa, you're back there. Grab the basket. All right. Jesus, whatever you want us to give, we'll give. And we'll do it happily. In Jesus' name. And, um... I don't, uneditedlife.org, um, button give somewhere in that page. <laughs> Lower right hand corner, corner, right Vince? All right, I got a thumbs up. <laughs> Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up and while you do, we're going to have Pepper come up and, and just kind of like usher us into a space of worship. How many of you know that it takes a priest to clear the way, right? We know that that's what John the Baptist was doing for Jesus. He came to make a way where there was no way, okay? So Pepper's going to come and pray us into worship. You guys can go ahead and start playing. You know, I just wanted to uh, encourage us as we just enter into just... You know, just lay all those things down that you can't do anything about. Even if there's something you feel like you could be doing, just just give this time to Holy Spirit and just give him the freedom to express himself the way he wants to express himself, to break out how if he wants to be the dove and land on us, let him land on us. If he wants to be an all-consuming fire, let him be an all-consuming fire. If he wants to be water and wash us and take us out into the deep, Holy Spirit, we give you permission right now. We give you permission. We come with no agendas. We come with no plans of our own just to honor you, just to worship you, just to adore you, Jesus, just to hear what you have to say to us and to thank you and say, you've been good. You've been good. Can you just whisper that inside of yourself? Jesus, you've been good. You've been good. You've been good, Holy Spirit. You've been good. And you're not even through yet. 
You're not even through with what you're doing, Holy Spirit. Oh, how we honor you. Oh, how we thank you. Oh, how we worship and adore you. What a privilege it is to come before you, to be intimate with you, to just let you love on us and us love you in return, expecting nothing but the fullness of your presence, expecting nothing but the fullness of your love. Make us, make us more like you, Jesus. Conform us into your image so that we can be those true image bearers that you have called us to be. That we can be the true warriors that you've called us to be. That we can be the sons and the daughters that we can be the evangelists and the prophets and the preachers and the teachers and the friend to the friendless and hope to the hopeless, that we can be your kingdom people, that we can do those things that advance your kingdom. That's what we want for the body of Christ, and that's what we want here at Unedited Life, Lord. We want to advance your kingdom. We want to do those things that advance your kingdom. We want to live in a way that we can advance your kingdom. We want to please you, Daddy. We want to please you because you're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. And you've called us not to just good, good things, but you've called us to your best. Lord, help us to prepare our tables. Prepare our tables with the best, Lord, so that we can receive the harvest, Lord. We want to receive your harvest. We want to receive your harvest. So, Lord, we thank you for the wisdom that has flown through this place today that has been so real and so authentic and that has come just from a place in our heart of experiencing you and knowing you and experiencing and knowing and loving one another. That's where the depth comes from. That's where the deep calls to deep comes from, is that authentic knowing you and knowing one another. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We lay down, we take off all the masks, all the facades, all the things that someone else told us we should be and we should do, God. And we ask you to guide us. Lord, we are led by your spirit. We are the sons of God, so we are led by your spirit. Lord, we enter in, we press in, we strike the ground, we push, we contend. We contend for your glory. We contend for more of your glory. We contend for more of your glory. And we contend to have bigger vessels that can house your glory. We contend for the foundation of the word, the structure of the word that can withstand the weight of your glory. Inoculate us in the spirit that we can contend and that we can withstand the trials and the tests and the tribulations and the challenges and the disappointments and all the things that life brings, inoculate us with your Holy Spirit inoculation, God. We are strong in you and the power of your might. No weapon formed against us can prosper. There is strength in our obedience. And not only is there strength in our obedience, we give you our obedience with joy. 
We give it to you with joy. We give it to you with joy. We give you all of ourselves, living sacrifices, and we give you our best, Lord. We give you our best so that you can make it your perfect. All of our plans, we let them go. We let them go. We let them go. We surrender them. They were good plans, Father. They were good plans, but we want your best. They were good plans, but we want your best. We thank you, God. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this Holy Spirit pause. We thank you for the Selah moment to just let the dove of your spirit descend on us. Would you whisper to us, Holy Spirit? Would you whisper in our hearts? May we worship you with abandon and just flow deep and sink with your spirit, Lord. Synchronize our hearts with your rhythm. Synchronize our hearts with your rhythm. Orchestrate our praise. Ha, direct our intercession. With groanings. With travail. Push, push, push. Push unedited life. Push, 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 push. Contend, contend. Strike the ground. Strike the ground. Strike the ground. Oh, break through in your praise. Break through in your praise. Your praise is good, but God wants it his best. He wants it better. Your praise is good, but you give him your abandon. You lay it all down, what you think praise is supposed to be, what you think worship is supposed to be. Ask him to show you how to give your sacrifice of praise to him. It won't look like mine. It won't look like somebody else's, but it'll look like the image of Christ. And that's what the world needs to see. That's how we sharpen one another, is being who we are by representing Jesus Christ in the unique way that he created us. So praise him with abandon. Praise him with abandon. Praise him with tears. Praise him with shouting. Praise him with joy. Praise him with adoration. Praise him with silence. Praise him prostrate. Praise him by running. Praise him by singing. But whatever you do, you edited life, get your praise on. <laughs>